When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Opinions, the panel. Well, our panel this morning consists of uh, Ollie Ritchie and Sam Ackerman, of course, uh, well known to uh, us listening here on SENZ and uh, coming at the perfect time this morning. Uh, first of all, uh, Ollie Ritchie, I'll give you dibs on this one. And uh, the news that Hamish Bond, just come through, Hamish Bond is uh, hanging up the oars, as he said. Uh, bit of a shock to the system for me anyway, but what about you? Is it expected? Yeah, I think it was, Smithy, to be honest. Um, what an absolute legend. And, and it is always a bit of a shock when you see such a legend call time on their career, I suppose. No, you know, no matter how long they've been, uh, they've been, they've been competing. I, I suppose the same with Ross Taylor when he um, announced his retirement a, a little earlier on in the year. Um, you sort of saw it coming, but it's still a bit of a shock. Um, I think Hamish Bond uh, was always going to call time after Tokyo. He was even considering... Uh, potentially calling time before Tokyo, um, but was convinced to keep going and, and give it one more crack uh, in the men's eight. And, and he'll certainly be uh, thanking his lucky stars he did that because what a what a note to go out on. Uh, an absolute legend of rowing, of course, but you know he showed his hand in, in cycling as well and, and showed what a true athlete he is. Um, so he will go down as one of our very best Olympians. What about you, Sam? Yeah, his competitive streak is phenomenal the way he pushes himself as an athlete and the the balance between him and uh, Eric Murray was one of the great um, chalk and cheese but everything works together double acts in New Zealand sport it was it was always joyous to kind of speak to them both at once because they were like Waldorf and Stadler from the Muppets just kind of bickering at each other but, but somehow it worked and, they, and it came together very different personalities but they uh, their competitive drive uh, pulled them together. The only man to win um, gold at the three consecutive Olympics it's, uh, for New Zealand, that is, obviously. And that's, uh, I think this, that it was, to me, the, a very clear re- reason he's uh, given it away is he went from the, the highs of the uh, of the pair to uh, a solid, a really solid, strong uh, career in the uh, in the cycling world. But it, it wasn't, he wasn't going to finish on a high. He wasn't going to finish as a champion at the top of his game. And I think for a competitor like him, that would have been quite a hard thing to take, and like Ollie said, he was contemplating um, giving it away, but getting the chance to finish as a champion uh, in a, um, a huge history, historic moment for uh, New Zealand sport as well, it seems to me for a competitor like that, that's the way they had to go out. And I'm very comfortable to say that I expect um, sometime in the next few years that we'll see both Bond and Murray uh, become knighted together in, uh, in a joint thing. That would be my pick in the future. They, they, they thoroughly deserve it for everything they've achieved in New Zealand sport. It's a bit like Ross Taylor too, uh, Sam uh, pulling out. I mean, 
I look at those two and I look at image, image, and uh, the way they've been portrayed and they've portrayed themselves throughout their careers. Uh, squeaky, squeaky, pure. Yep, absolutely. Like they were really relatable New Zealanders, people that you could, uh, you'd want to have a beer with, and that's always the greatest way for a sportsman or a celebrity to be in this country. If it's someone you want to have a beer with, then you've done yourself um, a real service. So he's yeah, he, he had a, a real dry, sharp sense of humour, and uh, while, while uh, there was a bit of clown to Eric Murray, uh, Hamish Bond always could uh, size them down, just like he did the oppositions on a uh, on a home stretch as well. So he was. Yeah, one of the greats, and I, I personally ask myself, do the eight win if Hamish Bond is in it? I, obviously, who can tell? But to me, that competitive mm-hmm. drive, that champion streak, uh, and someone as fiercely competitive as that, to pull that crew through, um, it's not all on him. There's seven other blokes who deserve the credit too. But, yeah, I, I just don't know if that, if, if that could happen without his input. Well, whoever sits in that seat, I think it was second from the back of the boat, has got a hell of a job to do. There's no doubt about it, and... Um, look, what an interesting week it's been, uh, Ollie. Um, what about this uh, Michael Venus? His comments, um, you know, often hear tennis players go, uh, you know, go like that, particularly 24 hours after the event. Knee jerk, yes, but 24 hours later, uh, some very considered opinions about uh, Nick Kyrgios in particular. What have you made of this saga? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it, Smitty? God, he knows how to ruffle feathers, does, does Nick Kyrgios. And I think we sit you know, and watch from the couch and he's entertaining and he's bickering at the chair umpire and he's um, he's bickering with his, his, his opponent half the time and we all sit there and find it very entertaining. Well, none of us have ever had to be on the on the receiving end of it with the crowd as hostile as they have apparently been over in Melbourne. So I, I can understand why Michael Venus had had enough with it and um, and said what he did say. Um, from a tennis perspective, he is he's entertaining to watch and, and it, it could be just what, what the game needs right now, you know, as you rightfully said, tennis has really only marketed three guys uh, over the last decade, and yes, the other three guys that have, that have been winning. Um, but you know, maybe this is the edge that the sport needs um, to keep it interesting. You know, it's not every day you get people glued to their TVs watching a men's double match uh, at a major. It just doesn't happen. But it's the carry-off effect, right? He comes in and he he's just a bit different, and he ruffles feathers, and and that's quite fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, in saying that, we don't have to be on the receiving end of it, so I can understand why that was an incredibly frustrating match for Michael Venus to be part of and and the hostility coming from the crowd and the, the drives and the boos and, and all that noise when, he, when he's trying to play. Um, Nick Kyrgios is, is not going to reach his potential, and, and Nick Kyrgios has kind of already admitted that. He doesn't really care about that. He, he's out to kind of have fun and, and entertain, and he's, he's not going to stop. Um, but yeah, it didn't look like a fun environment for, for Michael Venus to be playing in. No, I mean, I listened to the commentary as well as watched it. Uh, look, I, I was, dis- well, I wouldn't say dismayed, I was absolutely staggered at the level he went to, Sam, to be fair. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's, there is, you know, there's heckling, there's sledging and lots of things, but I mean, disrespect to that degree. Look, it, it, the crowd. The crowd has got as much to do with it. And yes, Curios is obviously winding him up. But uh, the, you know, the crowd behaviour for uh, the world of tennis. It's it's, it's really it's the um, they're the trying to treat it like the you know the those special holes in golf. You know, where there's you're allowed to make noise to try to do that through a whole game of tennis. And unfortunately, tennis isn't built like that for that kind of rowdy behaviour. Uh, and it's uh, for those involved, and because the you know there's been a strict etiquette through their entire lives, they suddenly had that taken away. It's a uh, it's a massive. 
uh, mind if. And I, I've got to say, though, it's a little bit of a dummy spit from Michael Venus. And I love Michael Venus. And, but it, to come out the next day and, and to go as overboard as, as he had felt like a bit of a dummy spit. And I haven't seen one that bad since I told Ollie Ritchie his story wasn't running one day. And he just <laughs> lost the plot because, you know, Ollie... Oh, it's just just the way he's cut. But look, it's, it is a it, it is great it is great for tennis that we're talking about doubles and beyond that. But if Federer is there, if Djokovic is there, if there's this big names uh, piling into the final, do you think we're talking about the doubles with Kyrgios as much? I don't know. I don't I don't think so personally. And if they hadn't come across, across Venus, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. Um, if those big names are there as well, so uh, he is. He's, uh, I I enjoy watching Kyrgios. I've enjoyed his niggle for years. I like this a, a guy personality. I like to have a guy that you like to hate or love to watch or wherever you want it to be. Uh, it is He's great for, for the sport in the wider context. He's not revolutionising the game. This is, to me, a little bit of a one-off for the Australians going a bit feral. OK, uh, we'll take a short break. About two minutes, uh, two and a half minutes, Ollie. I'll give you a uh, serve uh, after uh, the break. And if you want to give no, him a spray... No, he's too busy sulking now, I know. <laughs> no, if, if he wants to give you a spray, Sam, um, I'll, I'll give him the opportunity, but we'll see how brave he is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure he's going to call you a... Anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, is, he, is he knobhead level? That's what I want to know. <laughs> 10.31 <laughs> here on SENZ, here's Trudy. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Uh, Sam Ackerman and uh, Ollie Ritchie uh, with us on the panel this morning. Uh, give you an option here, uh, Ollie. You can return serve if you like, or you might want to talk about the Winter Olympics, where I believe you are destined to be very shortly, and the prospect of uh, a couple of gold medals, certainly a couple of favourites in a couple of events. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I won't return serve too hard, um, Smithy, but it's interesting that Sammy talks about not running my story. He was the head of sport at News Hub. He was barely in the office. He was always out long munching with someone or another long lunch or another meeting somewhere else that involved, I'm sure, uh, a lovely meal somewhere in Auckland. But anyway, uh, yeah, the Winter Olympics will be um, will be a real spectacle, and, and you're absolutely right, a couple of gold medal prospects and really unfamiliar territory for, for New Zealand. Um, you know, normally we go into a Winter Olympics sort of hopeful that we might be able to, to challenge somewhere near uh, a medal. Certainly Nico Porteous and Zoe Sadowski Senate weren't expected uh, to win medals in 2018, but boy, is, um, is it different this time around. They are very much medal favourites and, and really gold medal favourites, particularly the way they have competed at the X Games over the weekend, uh, laid down a mark for their competitors. So that'll be a really special time if they can if they can pull it off on the biggest stage. Remember, the, you know these two are only 20 years old still, so they are very very young, um, and you know are carrying the, sort of the weight of the nation on their shoulders uh, into Beijing. But they've proven that you know no stage is, is too big for them, um, and I think we could we could absolutely get uh, a couple of gold medals over there. Hey Ollie, uh, just uh, by the by, I hadn't even really thought about it because of uh, what's been going on here, but. Uh, what's the COVID situation? Uh, what have you been warned about? What protocols go- heading to the Winter Olympics? It was so prevalent during uh, the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a little bit different over there. Um, you know, case numbers aren't high. Certainly case numbers that are being reported in, in uh, China and in Beijing at the moment aren't particularly high. But you, we, we enter what's called a closed-loop system. So that, think of a, a massive Olympic bubble, uh, essentially, and then kind of various bubbles within that bubble. Um, that's all competitors, support staff, media, broadcasters, uh, everyone that's traveling over for that uh, enters from the airport into a closed-loop system. You can't go wandering around Beijing. It's not like Tokyo where after the first two weeks you could 
you could wander around Tokyo and you could go out for dinner wherever you like. It's not quite like that. Um, you know, hotels, venues, uh, media centres, training venues, the odd convenience store and restaurant uh, are all in this closed-loop system, uh, and you can only go places in the closed-loop system, and the only people in this closed-loop system are people that are there for the Winter Olympics. So think of a, very much a, a big Olympic bubble, essentially, uh, to try and keep COVID out. A little bit of league to talk about uh, this morning, Sam, and a uh, tweet coming through to us this morning. The, a Kiwi forward is reportedly in the sights of the Dolphins. I understand this might be uh, Kenny Bromwich, which will impact Melbourne, of course, if it comes to fruition. Uh, are they becoming more and more aggressive in the market? Are you sensing? Yeah, they are. And uh, the, the thing is that everyone is waiting for them to sign marquee names and superstars. And now the, 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 the franchise players, if you like, haven't been signed. But uh, they're looking like they're taking a real leaf out of the, uh, the Melbourne Storm setup model. And that's uh, making sure that you get yourself some really gritty, solid veterans. And you think of the, the Glenn Lazaruses, the Stephen Kearneys, the Tauda Nikals that they did, get themselves some solid uh, up-and-comers. And then some players who haven't got the opportunities at other clubs, but are good enough. They've got good talent scouts. They've got a bloke called Wayne Bennett there who knows what he's doing. So getting uh, Kenny Bromwich out to join Jesse Bromwich, I think, is a uh, good move uh, with Felice Kafusi there as well. So they're, they're essentially targeting the Storm four-pack um, to build their uh, four-pack around, which isn't a, a terrible move by any stretch. And there, we could find out by mid-year whether someone like Kalen Ponga is going to put himself on the market, which obviously the Dolphins will throw heaven and earth behind. Um, Cameron Munster is a guy who might be finding himself available in the not-too-distant future as well, so uh, they've got their marquee sites set up. But they're, they're setting nicely, considering they're over a season away, but uh, I, re- I think they'll want to see a few more uh, outside backs and, uh, and, and headline acts to make the, uh, the fans get excited. A changing schedule uh, in New Zealand cricket. Ollie, I think we've got to expect Uh, these kind of things uh, as we progress through these particular strains of virus. But it looks like uh, two test matches on the same block very quickly together in Christchurch on Hagley Oval, which will be a challenge for a groundsman. Yeah, it will be. But if if any ground can pull it off, it's New Zealand's home of cricket, Hagley Oval. Um, (laughs) I think great decision, um, keeping them down there. Uh, A a great place to watch cricket. But in all seriousness, you can kind of understand it, right? Uh, limited movement around the country with, with, you know, Omicron spreading throughout the community. Um, it's just safer to keep them in, in one place um, as opposed to having to go through airports and onto planes and into different hotels and stuff. And, and while I'm sure it would probably be fine, of course, is now the risk that, that, that it won't be. So you can understand it from New Zealand cricket's point of view, just reduce the risk um, and, and keep them at the same ground. But you're right, that's a, uh, that's a big ask of uh, the Hagley Oval ground stuff, but I'm sure they'll pull off a beauty. They always do. Uh, and here's an interesting one for you, Sam. That I know he's changed codes on you a wee bit, but uh, we now are led to believe that uh, Roger Tuavasa-Shek will play at 12 for the Blues. Looking at where he's played in a style of play in rugby league, what about 12 for the Blues? If I was picking, I'd like 13, a bit more space uh, and a little bit more uh, enterprise. But 12, he is he is a great extra set of hands as a ball player. As he would he could chime into the back line from fullback uh, for you know the Roosters and for the Warriors, he often was uh, the guy who either hit a gap or be a guy to be the extra set of hands to do uh, to set up the next play. He was really underrated in that value uh, in that role simply because his sidestep and his pace were just mesmerising. But he's a safe set of hands. He's a smart ball player. 
and he knows when to uh, when to pass and when not to. So I don't mind him um, at 12. I, I just I just hope they don't try to uh, get him to be a uh, a game runner where they should use him as a lot more of a game breaker in his first season. If you ask me. Okay, interesting thoughts there. Well, I guess. Um, as we close today, and it's been wonderful to hear you guys go to and fro. Sam, you should join us all in congratulating Ollie, of course, who's just announced his engagement to another high-profile media person, and Kimberly Downs, which uh, which is wonderful news. Um, Ollie, you're a red and black through and through. Um, we know Kimberly Downs is amber and black, so I'd imagine mm. to start the thing off on a nice even keel, you probably have to get married somewhere like uh, Wellington. Is that the case? No, there'll be no splitting the difference, Smithy. Um, you know, setting myself up for a life of marriage. She's won. Uh, she's won this one, and I'm sure she'll continue to win. Uh, what a battle. shock! Uh, what a shock! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a sensible man. I, I know when to say yes and when to say yes and when to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, congratulations! Are great news. Wonderful news. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks very much. Yeah, we're thrilled. Thank you, guys. Uh, look, look, he's very okay. much like uh, Chris Martin scoring a 50, by the way, betting well above his average. <laughs> well, uh, well, well uh, and I think you can quite, quite safely cross Ackerman off the, off the invite list. Can you uh, at this point, Ollie? <laughs> he's just missed out. Just missed out. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Great, great stuff, guys. A lot of fun and some great opinion along the way. Really enjoyed it. Uh, and, Ollie, if we don't talk to you in the meantime... Uh, good luck, travel safely uh, all the way to uh, the Winter Olympics. I think you're going to report on some great success. That was the panel this morning. Wonderful, those two blokes uh, together, good combination. Uh, we'll get them again, no doubt at all. A 